This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. It is DJ, joined as always by my co-host, Kelsey. And Kelsey, we got a pretty special episode today, so we're not going to waste any time. In fact, it's so special, we're not even going to tip things off. We're going to go straight into your second favorite segment of every show, also known as the main event, which is, of course, as you know, all know, brought to you by ColorCast by now, the premier audio app for sports entertainment, as well as some other things as well, too. And Kelsey, the reason, tell everybody why we're do, doing such a special episode where we're skipping all tip-offs and going right <sighs> to the middle of the game. Well, okay, so obviously it's because, well, who cares about the tip-off? No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, it's because the thing that just started today is the NFL Combine, which means the kickoff to NFL draft season. And what better way for us to kick off NFL draft season, even though we'll be at the Combine on Sunday watching a few people bash their heads in like defensive linemen. Or sorry, Saturday, my bad, Saturday. Mm -hmm. But why not start it out with a little bit of our own first-round mock draft? Absolutely. Our first mock draft of the season, and we're doing a pre-combine draft here as well, too. So obviously there's going to be a lot of fluctuation during this as well, too. There's going to be some surprises on each of our lists as well, too. We're going to go 1 through 32 and take a look at it, and then at the end we can recap some of the surprise guys that made it and missed it as well. So Real growers use True North Equipment, the premier provider of John Deere products and services. Schedule your post-harvest equipment inspection today so your equipment is prepared for go time. True North Equipment is offering no payments, no interest financing on inspections, parts, and services until November 2023. Minimum $200 purchase for inspections of tractors, combines, seating, hay, and windrowers, and spraying. Schedule today on the My True North customer portal at truenorthequipment.com. No better place to start than at the very top. We're going to go with number one overall. And Kelsey, who do you have as this year's number one overall pick? Once again, going to Jacksonville, just like last year. Yeah, first thing I got to say, though, uh, before we get started, there will be no trades. And the reason why we're not trading anybody is because last time we did trades, it was just all our trades were wrong, and then it just ended up getting, <laughs> getting overturned. We got the rest of the draft picks right. But the three trades that were happening, we got rock. So go we'll figure. Look, we'll look into trades closer to actual once free agency and stuff is done to yeah. like one of our last one or two mock drafts. So you know this isn't gonna be the last one. We got plenty to go. So Kelsey, no, exactly. who's, kick, who's kicking off our first number, mock draft number one overall pick? 
So number one overall, this one I feel like is pretty straightforward. Protect Sunshine, protect, you know, Daisy May back there, protect Trevor Lawrence, get him a tackle, and there's no better tackle than Evan Neal right now. You know, I, it's kind of hard to argue with that one. I mean, the big mauler out of Alabama. We're, we're on the same page on that one as well, too. You got your franchise quarterback. You believe you got him a head coach now as well, too. You don't have the the daily grinder or whatever you want to call him out there as well, too. So we'll see. I think the first thing you got to do is build the trenches. So I like this pick as well, too. Evan Neal, number one overall. And fun fact, if I'm not mistaken, the last offensive tackle to go number one overall, Eric Fisher to the Chiefs, number two. Luke Jokel to the Jacksonville Jaguars as well, too. So we'll see if history can not repeat itself too much because that didn't work out that time. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, then there was Greg Robinson to the Rams at went, three, yeah, no. a, a few years ago. So let's let's top five tackles have not been great in the history of uh, recent them, but you know what? We'll give it a shot and see if this one works out for him. But number two, DJ, I'm gonna let you go first on number two. Number two to the Lions on the clock. Where do you have them going? You know, number two, Dan Campbell's a different kind of guy. I think we can agree with that as well too. That's a safe thing to say. So I think he's going to go with a different type of player. I think he's going to add a little bit of spice to Detroit too, and maybe get a little saucier. And I think they're going to go with Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the corner from Cincinnati. An absolutely incredible season. I mean, zero receivers over 100 yards, gave up no touchdowns or something ridiculous like that in his senior season. They need help across the board. He is rising on a lot of boards right now, especially with the questions over Derek Stingley Jr. right now. Things could change. Ahmad Gardner, I don't think, is going to light up combine and stuff. I think he's just going to be good. But I think right now, you can't. there's not a better corner coming out. He might even be better than a lot of the good corners we saw last year with Sertan and JC, JC Horn and guys like that as well, too, as a prospect. So look for them to take Ahmad Gardner to pair with Amani or Warrie and uh, try, try and shut down some of those receivers in the NFC North, like Justin Jefferson, maybe Devontae Adams, we shall see, and then Allen Robinson and guys like that as well. So I like him to get a little saucy with pick number two. You know what? I I don't hate that pick. I gotta say, uh, of, of all the picks that you have on this uh, uh, that you make normally, and when you try to go out on a limb, I, I, some of them I get a little questionable about. <laughs> this one, I, I love the sauce in in Detroit. I look Dan Campbell's a different different being, and that's there's no doubt about it. And I'll add on to that too, really quickly. If Jeff Okuda can come back and start playing like the Jeff Okuda that we thought he could be, that's yeah. a dangerous set of corners too. Oh, absolutely. That'd be a whole wild card set of corners. <laughs> like I mean, you can have a whole lot of fun in that. That team right there. And, and a team that, that wasn't far away from really making a lot of noise. I mean, you lose a bunch of games by less than one touchdown. So you add a little defense, it won't hurt. And in that vein, you need a quarterback on defense. And there's not a single better quarterback on defense coming out than this man right here. That's Kyle Hamilton. Okay. Good safety from Notre Dame. I think this guy is next level. Um, we tried to get him on the podcast, and his mom actually responded, which was a fantastic moment for me, like having his mom respond. I was like, oh, this is awesome. But no, uh, like it, couldn't get him on the podcast, but you know what? I do think number two overall to the Lions, I can 100% see this see this happening, and he could be there for 10, 15 years as an All Pro. It would not surprise me. Harrison Smith for Detroit. That's that's what I look at it. Even a little bit better uh, as far as coverage goes, and reading the reading the defense or reading the offensive side of things, but a little less impactful hitting the ball or hitting somebody on the ball. But he can still stick his head in and hit frankly the lines have so many holes as long as the player hits it doesn't matter what they take honestly as long as they don't grab a tight end basically is what we're looking at it feels like as well too so you know what kelsey we're gonna go back to back with you going to number three and the houston texans so you already surprised we both kind of surprised each other with number two who are you looking at for the third pick you know i i would say we go with me but no you 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 know what you did so well you're gonna go first for the rest of the draft because you did so well in last year's draft i have to let the brains go before the beauty obviously 
Well, I, I think you just called me ugly, but we're just going to go ahead and move forward with this one as well, too. And I went with everyone's favorite prospect so far, the deep, the edge rusher from Michigan, Aiden Hutchinson, number three. He's top on a lot of boards, fantastic motor, a very Nick Bosa-esque in the way he gets after it, really good hands. You could go on and on to this with the superlatives of his game as well, too. Heisman Trophy finalist, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was second in the Heisman Trophy voting as well, too. Yeah, they Texans need are in the same vein as the lines. You need a lot of players. Could draft him in the same vein as when you took JJ Watch and Avian Clown. He just got just somebody to set the edge and get after guys like Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry and all those guys as well, too. Yeah, no, I, I love this pick. Uh, but you know what? I have a different number one edge rusher, and that's where this is going for me. I have the man that's number one on a lot of people's boards and has been since he basically walked into college in, in Eugene, Oregon. That's Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher at Oregon. I mean, these are this is just half a dozen one, you know, six and six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Like, take your pick right now. I think the floor is higher for Aiden Hutchinson, but I think the roof is just – I mean, the ceiling is the roof to take Michael Jordan's statement here on Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, there is not a single thing that can stand in the way of this man being successful except for his own brain. That's the yeah. only thing that's going to cause him issue. And if you have anything to say – if he has anything to say about it, his words this offseason going into the draft, he won't be remembered as a dumb football player. So yeah. – Let's just put it that way. I think I think this guy is, is is set up to succeed, and I think right here going to the Texans, you know they want to get another defensive lineman to 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 bolster their team. And look, you lose JJ Watt, you got to find another future stalwart there to to carry your team for a couple of years. And I think either one of these picks is good, but I, I personally am leaning towards towards Thibodeau. Definitely have nothing negative to say about Thibodeau. He is he has few, perennial Pro Bowler written all over him as well too. So well, he's where he wears some light, some really bright green. Let's go to an NFL team that likes to wear some bright green in the New York Jets and. We were actually kind of on the same page as this one. Yeah. Keep Zach Wilson's baby face from getting too beat up. I'm going offensive lineman Iki Akongwu, the big, strong, mauler, tackle, guard, whatever you need him, in the same vein as when they took Elijah Vera Tucker last year. Yeah, look, I tried to think of anything else other than than Akongwu. And in this one, I am falling in love with this guy out of NC State. He is literally he is the reason why NC State had such a fantastic run game as well as keeping their quarterback clean as long as he did this season, which is, uh, I mean, you put, talk about some of these – some of the some of the teams that are out there that you keep quarterbacks well, you're talking like Georgia, Alabama, Auburn. As far as keeping quarterbacks clean, what NC State kept their quarterback as clean as it gets, and that doesn't just happen for a team like NC NC State. You have a stalwart somewhere, and and Icky Okonwu has, has been that guy. And I mean, he's a mauler. You sit right next to Elijah Barrett Tucker, Mecky Beckton. Take your pick, and and he's going to slide right into either a guard or tackle spot. He can play both, and he can play them both very well. Look for the Jets to maybe be a surprise team next year as they build that wall in front of Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson has it, like they said he did as a prospect last year. He's going to have every opportunity to sit back there and throw some darts with this offensive line they're building. So going to number five, the first of two top ten picks for the New York Giants, a good chance to really build on a foundation here. For me, I took the man you mentioned at number three. I took Kayvon Thibodeau. I think if he slips to this spot, the Giants are going to be so happy when they see him. They're going to clap their hands, rub them together, and be like, this is a job well done. We arguably got the best player in the draft at number five. Similar to when the Raiders got Khalil Mack at number five in that draft as well, too. For some reason, he slipped, and you just end up scooping him up. And they need playmakers out in, for the, in New York, so I like Kayvon Thibodeau as their first pick. Yeah, you know, I don't hate that pick at all, and I'll tell you why in a couple picks. Uh, but as far as this pick goes, I look at their, their number one need right now, and that's offensive line. And honestly, outside of Icky, outside of Evan Neal, there's one guy climbing up boards right now out of Mississippi State, Charles Cross. That's who I'm going with right here. Get you a big offensive lineman. Get you somebody to help protect whatever you're going to do with Saquads and whatever you're going to do at quarterback. You need somebody to protect them so they're not getting harassed the whole time. I think Danny Dimes still has some potential. 
Get him an offensive line. Let's see what he can actually do with an offensive line. Get Saquon an offensive line so he doesn't have to juke people six yards behind the line of scrimmage anymore and get injured six yards behind the line of scrimmage. So Charles Cross is that guy, and like I said, he's been climbing up boards. But I do not hate the edge rusher pick. And like I said, there's two, like, like you even said, there's two picks here for New York in the top ten. And I'll tell you exactly why I don't hate your edge record, rusher in two picks. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you why I like your Charles Cross pick in about two picks. But that's going to take me to number six with the Panthers, who, you know what? We're going to keep we're going to keep the same picture kind of the same. There's I got them taking Charles Cross, the big tackle as well, too, for all the same reasons you said. And I think they're going to be active in the offseason looking for a quarterback. I don't think they're going to be in position. They're going to be looking to draft one here at six. I think they're going to bring somebody in in the offseason. I don't know who they'll trade for, what they'll do. But I think they're going to try and do something, whether they swing something for Garoppolo, Wentz, Mariota. Maybe they somehow pull off an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson thing. I don't know. But I think they have so many weapons if they swing a quarterback and then they need to put an offensive line out in front of them. So give me Charles Cross to Carolina. You know, I don't hate that whatsoever. Uh, this this one to me, for, for Carolina, their needs went quarterback and then offensive line. Uh, and then then there's a couple like fill-in spots here and there. But that was my number two, number one and number two need for Carolina. You went one, I went the other, and I went Matt Corral here. Uh, I think he's the best quarterback currently on the board, and I think he's the most dynamic of all the quarterbacks. Uh, I talked about this. You know, there was there was a lot of question marks coming in uh, that I had about him, but he seemed to prove them all right um, as far as what he's ready to do, how he's ready to go. Obviously, this might change based off pro day because he's not throwing at the combine, um, and especially if Malik Willis has a bad combine and pro day. And Matt Corral just goes out there and blows it out of the water. Nobody else can touch him. Um, I think it's one and two for those two right now. Can he pick it right there as well, depending on his the hand size issues? Um, but Matt Corral, I think, is the most dynamic. And so that's why I go Matt Corral here at quarterback. Give, give the Panthers an opportunity to start fresh instead of trying to bring in some old head to try to work in their system. Just start fresh and build a system around those guys. I was, if they do not take a quarterback or make something in the offseason, then I think I would agree they'll go with a quarterback here as well, too. So I'm I'm, I'm banking on them making a move because there's been talk about them doing it. Maybe they go after Deshaun Watson, who's they're starting to be the trade rumors are back up for the 19th time. So we'll have to wait and see how it plays out as well, too. But that's going to take us to the Giants' second top 10 pick. And in the same vein as what you did last time with offensive line to help Danny Dimes, I'm getting them an offensive lineman, too. But I'm going the big off- interior offensive lineman, the center out of Iowa, Tyler, Tyler Linderbaum. One of the highest graded run blockers we've seen in college football in recent years. Absolute stud on the interior of the offensive line. So I'm looking for Tyler Lindemann to anchor things down for the interior of the Giants and give Danny Dimes a Saquon's room to exactly what you said earlier. Make some plays. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of just let the cat out of the bag here. I clicked the wrong button, but that's okay because this works anyways because it explains exactly why I said I love your edge rusher. My number two edge rusher is Aiden Hutchinson. Um, again, these might flip-flop based off of combines and pro days, but – as of right now, this is where I have him. And and like I said, I like your pick at five with eight with the edge rusher going to New York. And here's my edge rusher going to New York here at seven. So uh it's it's kind of filling a spot. Like I, it's kind of who do you weigh in who do you weigh more right now? Do you weigh offensive line or do you weigh edge rusher for New York? Obviously, they just released Booker, they just released Kyle Rudolph. So those are gonna be taken into account for whether they what they decide to do future wise. But you start with a good core on, on both offensive and defensive lines, and then you can build from there. Is my my philosophy, and I think that's where the New York Giants are going right now with it, and that's why I think we're so similar with our two picks here with the Giants. Absolutely. So well, that's going to move us on to number eight, the Falcons, and we both have the same pick here as well, too. We're going with one of the more talented players in the draft, but he definitely has some question marks as well, too, and Derek Stingley Jr., the corner out of LSU. I think he's my top-rated corner. There's just so many questions. I can see him slipping just a little bit, unless he absolutely blows the offseason out of the water as well, too. Runs like a 4-3 and looks incredible, but it's a heck of a pick for the, for the Falcons, who... 
AJ Terrell had quite the season this last season to establish himself as a number one corner. You pair him with Stingley Jr. in that division, you might have yourself a fighting chance, even with a 95-year-old Matt Ryan as well, too, if he's if he's still there. So <laughs> I like Derek Stingley Jr. here as you do as well. Yeah, I mean, look, it's funny because you look at some of these draft draft boards and they're like, oh, they're gonna go get a quarterback here. I I don't see it, man. Matt Ryan is still feasible as a quarterback. He doesn't really lose you games still. He's not going to go out and win you anymore. Uh, but he's never really been that guy to go out and win you games for the last four or five years. So you kind of expect it since, I'd say since the Super Bowl, um, you haven't really expected him to go win you any games. Uh, just as long as he's he's there, he's feasible, He's he gets the ball to who he needs to, you don't need to go get a quarterback in this pick. So that leaves me with what's your next fill-in is it's going to be corner. And there's no better option here than, than Derek Stingley. And, uh, I mean, it's... I hate to say it, it's going to be a, hit, a make or break with his injury history. Can he stay healthy? Which seems to be the issue with all the Falcons' recent corner draft picks. Can they stay healthy? So if he can stay healthy, I, I don't see a reason why Atlanta can't have the best young duo at corners right now. Absolutely. as well, too. You need them in that division with all those receivers they have, too. So that's going to take us to pick number nine with the Broncos. And in the same vein of what you do with the Panthers, I got them taking a quarterback here as well, too. I think they're going to be active in the quarterback market, but I don't think they're going to get quite what they want. So they're going to take Matt Corral here at pick number nine for all the same reasons you have going to the Panthers, especially because he's getting healthy right now, too. He said he's pretty much good to go at this point off that injury. I think he's going to be a really good offseason. I think he has the second highest ceiling only to Malik Wills, but he also has the second highest floor only to Kenny Pickett is how I look at it as well. So he's like that perfect blend in the middle, kind of like what Joe Burrow was to Justin Herbert and Tua. Like his floor was higher than Tua's. And his ceiling was just a little bit lower than, than just like right in the middle. So I see Matt Corral with a similar type of build where, Denver needs a quarterback. They have not had one since Peyton, the ghost of Peyton Manning retired. And at this point, there's no point in putting a Band-Aid on it. Go ahead and start fresh with Matt Corral. Yeah, I, I, you know, I like your pick here. And my, just so you know, my needs for this team is quarterback. And then the next position in which I actually drafted a guy is who I have going here is linebacker and then offensive lineman. But the reason I didn't put a quarterback here is because the number one quarterback I would pick for them is Matt Corral. And if I can't get Matt Corral, then I'm going to try to go and get Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, one of these guys in free agency or in a trade. And if they can do that, obviously that's that's what I expect them to do. So since Matt Corral's off the board on my eyes, that's why I have number nine here. They go linebacker, and they go with, in my opinion, what might be the best middle linebacker in the draft right now, and Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Uh, just can do it all around. Obviously, N'Kobe Dean is the freakish athletic middle linebacker. Devin Lloyd is the... In between, if you will, like if there's an in between while still being freakishly athletic and gifted and, and can hit everybody like he is just so perfect for this this team. And and you talk about not having to move far away from Salt Lake to to Denver. You, you can be happier if you're Devin Lloyd. And on top of that, he fits their system very well. He can cover. He can go in, and fill in the holes in, in the bat, in the in the run defense. And, on you know, that's really the biggest hole to me on defense is you you have that linebacker issue that you just haven't filled for. It feels like ever. I mean, like, it really, it feels like you haven't had a good linebacker since Bill Romanowski if, if you're uh, Denver. And that's shameful to say because they've had some pretty decent guys roll through there. It's just I haven't seen a guy that can do what Devin Lloyd can do. DJ Williams was nice for those two to three years. It just had no sustainability to it, unfortunately, as well, too. So that's going to take us to the last pick of the top ten. And once again, New York crowding the top ten so far. The Jets with their second pick. And I'm looking at them going to help out Zach Wilson a little bit more, get themselves a big-bodied receiver to complement the emerging Elijah Moore, I'm saying take Drake London, the receiver out of UFC, the big six foot five, 215, 220 pound. I look at him and I see Mike Thomas, honestly, as well, too. I see a lot of Mike Thomas, but in a bigger body, maybe even a Chris Godwin type. Someone he'll work the middle while Elijah Moore gets deep. Then you still have Corey Davis. 
they're they're all in on Zach Wilson. I think they're going to draft like it as well too. I know Robert Saul is a defensive guy, but I look at Drake London here to be that complimentary receiver. I like this pick a lot, and he was my well, maybe he might sneak into the top ten pick, but that's not where I went here. <laughs> Your number two guy is actually where I went here as the second best corner and the perfect fit for a Robert Sala team. And that's sauce Gardner himself. I, I think this dude's fantastic. Didn't allow a touchdown last year at all. And to do that with the teams that they face down the stretch, when you look at Alabama, you don't allow a, a, a passing touchdown against the receivers you face. If you're going against Alabama, Bravo. Especially when you're on the field that much. Cause that offense is not moving. So you spent a lot of time going against them. <laughs> yeah. So look, I, I give him credit and, uh, Robert Sala is going to have an absolute blast with this guy. Because to me, I look at the Jets as their needs. It's corner and edge after that offensive lineman. Um, and I'd obviously probably even weigh corner higher than offensive lineman. But when you see the number one cor- – or when you have the opportunity to get as great of offensive lineman as we both have them getting at number four, that's a smarter choice to go there and then get your corner later because there's a lot of corners in this draft. Absolutely. As well, too. That's going to take us to pick number 11, the newly anointed Washington Commanders, no longer the football team as well, too. Still weird. I look at – I look at the board and I'm like, there is still all but Matt Corral left. And I think they're really in the market for a quarterback. Even if they bring in a guy, I think they're also going to draft somebody as well too. And I have them taking Malik Wills, the Liberty quarterback as well too. Incredible amount of upside. Ron Rivera has seen a guy similar to this and his name was Cam Newton. So he knows the type, this type of player as well too. I think they're going to bring him in, try and give him a chance to develop as well too. He's been first from what they've said at the combine, like the pre, the pre-testing speaking of the coaches, he has blown them away early on. So, I think he's going to climb himself right up here. And I think the commanders, if he's there, they're going to pull the trigger on him. First of all, I love Malik Willis. And I hate that you put him on the commanders. <laughs> and, and that's just, that's just the, the two things. One and one and two. But number, you know what? I didn't do much better with my Malik Willis pick, so I'll, we'll get to that one later, though. Oh, boy. But I also did have number one need for this team being quarterback. But I kind of stuck a little closer to home with this pick. Granted, I know Liberty is close to Washington area. But this is just feels more like a Washington-type pick, and that's Kenny Pickett. I feel like he fits the mold of what I look at as a Washington quarterback um, and what they, they, they've succeeded well with. Uh, and it's, it's a guy that can, can make a few plays, but he really plays within an offense. Again, hand size issues, are they really an issue? Who cares? Joe Burrow had hand size issues too, but I mean, what do yeah, we Yeah, I mean – like at this point, I don't care when they bring up hand size issues. The guy plays with two gloves. It don't I don't care anymore. Like the gloves are it's he's basically playing with stick them on his hands. He'll be fine. Hmm. Uh, the ball's not going anywhere whatsoever. So give me Kenny Pickett. I think he's able to do a lot of things with his commander's team. And and you look at somebody like Terry McLaurin, all he needs is a guy just give him an opportunity. And Kenny Pickett will give you plenty of opportunities up there. For better and for worse. When I think hand size, the only things I care about is if it's freakish like Hawaii's where you can hold it, your fingertips could touch around and going yeah. around the ball, or if they're so tiny you can't actually like the you can't actually get your hand around the laces. As long as it's not one of those extremes, I don't really care. Honestly. But oh, that's exactly. just, yeah, yeah so like it, I mean, if you're if you're playing with a, a child's ball and that's about the only ball you can wrap your fingers around the laces, that might be a problem. Um, but other than that, I don't I don't really care. Exactly. Now moving on to pick number twelve with the Vikings, and I have a guy that you had going much higher and. I had him dropping a little bit, not honestly because of his skill, not even a little bit because of injury, but just kind of positional need. I have Kyle Hamilton, the incredible safety out of Notre Dame. I think as soon as this pick drops to the Vikings, I think they're thinking offense. Then they're going to see Kyle Hamilton be like, nope, and sprint that one right up to it. He's a top five caliber player. I just think the combination of coming off that injury as well as the positional value of safety as well, too, sometimes diminished in these early part of the drafts. I think he could end up slipping to the Vikings at 12 who get a steal of a pick. 
Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, I, I mentioned Harrison Smith in comparison to Kyle Hamilton and as far as abilities and just he's going to be that type of a safety as far as level of play-wise. Um, and I, it doesn't surprise me at all if he gets to the Vikings here. I really have him going early or he does slip. Uh, I mean, that's just kind of the way it goes, and it's just it's unfortunate. There's not a lot of teams that need safety in between where I have him going to the Lions and where you're having him going here at pick 12 to the Vikings. So I definitely understand this one. Uh, for me, though, I went offense, and I went offensive line. And I went with a guy you've already had go off the board here, and that's Tyler Lindebaum, uh, offensive offensive lineman out of Iowa. I mean, absolutely fantastic. I see, see him sliding into guard here for the Vikings and filling in that guard role and just having an absolute blast. Uh, I mean, you, you talk about being able to block for Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison ahead of him. Like, have a, have a, have a good time, kid. You're going to actually be able to block for an offense that can run the ball. Congratulations. The entire Minnesota backfield thanks thanks them for this and thanks you for that as well too. So moving on to pick number thirteen, the Cleveland Browns. They, a lot of talk from a various different type of players as well too. Obviously, feels like the number one needers receiver. A lot of talk about Garrett Wilson, but I have them going with the other Ohio State receiver in Chris Olave. I think he is going to be he's arguably receiver one. I think he's going to be a receiver two off the draft board. Not have to travel too far to get the players pro ball. So I look for them taking Chris Olave, the cleanest route runner in my opinion, the safest receiver pick in the draft. Yeah, I, I can't say I did anything other different differently. <laughs> Chris Olave for me, too. And it's for everything you said. Because the cleanest route runner. And, and when you talk about this offense for Stefanski, you need clean route running to be successful. That's why Donovan Peoples-Jones is a better receiver for this offense than Odell Beckham has, was a better receiver for this offense. Chris, for route running at the end of the day. And you put Olave where Donovan Peoples-Jones is, is in that team, this team wins about seven, eight games that they probably shouldn't lose going forward. So you look at last year, there's at least three games that I can think off the top of my head. If you had Chris Olave instead of Donovan Peoples-Jones, you win that game. Or if you have Odell, you have Chris Olave instead of Odell, you win that game. Like, well, we'll see if, you know, if maybe Baker's shoulder wasn't broken too. That's another story as well too. So. I still think, yeah, I mean, obviously, what, you know, we'll see with Baker that, that conundrum. But I think right now, this is your number one need. Your okay. receiver room is empty. You need to fill it, and what better player to fill it with as well, too. So that's going to take us in division to pick number 14, the Baltimore Ravens, and we're kind of on the same page with this one as well, too, if I'm yeah. not mistaken as well, too. This is a very Baltimore pick. George Karloftis, the best player on the board, not the best player left on the board, a top-five caliber player. A lot of people have him as, like, edge number two or three right up there. Fantastic hands. A lot of superlatives about the guy. There's They don't need him, but he's so good, you might as well take him. That's what the Ravens do. Oh, yeah, why not? If you're Baltimore, you love, first of all, you love taking the best available player in the top 15 picks. At top 20 picks, they take the best available player. That's always what they've done. So they've succeeded at the most. And I mean, you, you look at it, and you, you're going to tell me a top-tier edge rusher and Baltimore's not going to be licking their lips. They're like, oh, absolutely. And a guy that can actually split in as a defensive tackle, defensive end as well. So he could fit the edge on the 3-4, the, the or he could slide in to be a defensive tackle if you, need, if you really need him to, to go with a NASCAR-type package for – whatever they want to call it, or the wild flock, which is what they used to call their little stand-up defense against teams. And, I mean, you can have an absolute blast putting Carl Loftus in on this team. And a guy that I honestly had to go watch a lot of film on just because I hadn't watched him enough playing because he plays for Purdue. But when you watch, start watching film, he jumps out. Like, it is literally like there's, there's players, there's 10 other guys out there, but then there's that number five. And you're like, oh, that dude's different. Like, all right, I'll watch him for some, for some more. There's an involuntary spotlight over him every single time, it feels like, as well, too. So that's taking us to pick number 15, the first of back-to-back -back Eagles picks, as well, too, fleecing the Dolphins and the Colts to get a couple extra first-round picks. We're going to start at number 15. 
I got them taking the other Ohio State receiver. I had them taking Garrett Wilson as well to the bolster up that receiving core. Add him with Devontae Smith, give Jalen Hurts some weapons, going all in with them as well, too. So I got Garrett Wilson. I like the pick. I like the pick. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that just because <laughs> I have them going with the other linebacker here, uh, Nicobe Dean. Um, I think he's just, at this point in time, I've joked so many times about the Eagles keeping 15 linebackers on their roster because they didn't have a capable linebacker. Well, go fix that right here, right now. Go get Nicobe Dean. I don't let him slide. I don't care if you pick 15 and 16. Go pick him November 15 just to get that man off the board and so you don't have to look at it. So you can think a little more consciously with your 16th pick. I like that so much. Uh, that's what I have them doing at pick number 16 as well, too, is I have them taking Nicobe Dean. So he didn't exactly get too creative there. I think his range is a bit, he's just an outstanding middle linebacker. He will captain that defense. They need to get a little bit younger. What better there to pair him up with guys like Darius Slay, Fletcher Cox, Hargraves in the middle? They got that. That's a that's the perfect guy you want captaining this year. This defense as they rebuild. You know, I I love that, and I love that you mentioned the defensive line because that's where I have them going at sixteen. I have them going with an edge rusher here in David Ojabu. I think he slides. He either goes here or he slides. Uh, I think that's that's where I look at with Ojabu, and I think he has the opportunity to go in and be that that what they had Derek Barnett as so for so long, and and be that successful version of Derek Barnett and and slide in and, and like you said partner with Hargreave, partner with with cox and have an absolute blast you have nicobe dean behind him so you can not have to worry about him making too many mistakes and the one thing about ojabu is he can drop into a pass rush occasionally i wouldn't like him to do it a lot but 10 percent of the time 15 percent of the time in the season i can that's acceptable more than that eagles are gonna eagles <laughs> less than that i think it's successful 100%. That's going to take us pick number 17, the Chargers, who got a little steal of their own at about the 13-14 spot last year, getting Rashawn Slater. And this year, they might be getting a steal again, as we both have not taken the big man out of Georgia, Jordan Davis, the run-stopping extraordinaire for their putrid run defense of last year. So I think this one, it's a circle peg and a circle hole. It doesn't fit much more perfect than this. I'm glad you called it a circle peg, because that's a perfect description of how much Jordan Davis fits every team. Uh, he's just a big circle. Put him in the middle. Say, go stop all of that, and he will stop three lanes worth of traffic on his way to stopping the ball. So Jordan Davis, is he's a big man. Like, there's, there's no kidding. This man is just unnaturally big. They had Limbaugh Joseph there, um, and he makes Limbaugh Joseph look small. And that's not an easy feat to do. So, he single-handedly shuts down halfback dive all by himself. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I love I love the Jordan Davis pick here. And, and this is going to be one, unless Jordan Davis just has awful, awful measurables at, at a combine and pro day, there's no way he doesn't go right here to the Chargers. Absolutely. That's going to take us to pick number 18, the New Orleans Saints, who playing without Drew Brees and without Sean Payton now as well, too, as they move on into a new era. And I think they're going to start the new era how they started the last era with a quarterback. And I have them taking Kenny Pickett right here as well, too, who I think slides just a little bit more or less because everyone gets more enamored with the Malik Wills Matt upside and the Matt Corral upside. I think Kenny Pickett's your very stable starter here. And I think New Orleans, that's what they look into, especially if they can't bring back Jameis Winston as well. You know, I, I don't hate this pick at all, but I have them actually bringing back Jameis is uh, really, really where I have them going. So with that in mind, I actually go offensive line here. I go and look at Kenyon Green, the offensive lineman out of Texas A&M. I do have him sliding down to playing a guard in this, this offense, and I do think that's where he's going to fit best going forward, mostly because you look at the outside, the tackles for the, the, the Saints. I don't think Kenyon Green is going to gonna fit there. He'd be an undersized tackle anyways. I don't think he's going to slide out and be there, but – Put him as a guard, and you have a fantastic guard for years to come. Absolutely, as well, too. That's going to take us pick number 19. Yet here we are with the Eagles yet again, taking uh, over the first round along with New York, and 
You know, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stick with a similar theme. There's I think they're gonna take a big offensive lineman to bolster, continue to bolster that top rated run game, taking Trevor Penning, the big mauler mauler out of University of Northern Iowa as well, too, who's been terrifying people during the lead up so far as well. So I think they're gonna take him to kind of pair in there with guys like Lane Johnson, Jordan Malata, J- Jason Kelsey's getting older, just make an entire wall and let Jalen Hurts and squad run behind it. Yeah, you know, I, I love this pick for the fact that they need offensive line, and Trevor Penning has been a fantastic fantastic prospect coming forward. He has been the biggest mover on a lot of people's boards uh, from the, from the senior bowl on. But as I said, I, I love your Garrett Wilson pick so much. I made it right here at 19. Um, so uh, yeah, it's everything you said about Garrett Wilson's direct, right? You pair him with what you already have outside. Now with Devontae Smith, you add him as a number two. And honestly, let's be completely fair. It's going to be one a and one B and Jalen hurts is going to have an absolutely fantastic time throwing to both, which Oh, by the way, he just so happened to throw to both of these guys in practice before he transferred way back when. So basically what we're saying is two out of the three players we have going to the Eagles are the exact same, just in different spots as well, too. We have a similar need built for them as well, too. And I think Jalen Hurts will absolutely love how this all plays out either way as well, too. So that's going to keep us in the state of Pennsylvania as though as we move to pick number 20 and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, I, I think they are going to try desperately to trade up and get Malik Willis. I think they're going to fall short. And that's why right here, I have them taking David Ojabu, the edge out of Michigan. I think he's going to slip just a little bit, not a whole lot, but just a little bit here. I think they're going to look at back. We can put this guy opposite TJ Watt with Cameron Hayward in the middle, Minka Fitzpatrick in the backfield, Ryan Flores as the linebackers coach. Just get at this point, we're going to load up on defense and keep a conservative offense led by Najee Harrison. We're going to go crush quarterbacks like we like they've done in their heyday. Yeah, you know, I don't hate that at all. Uh, obviously, I had Ojabu going a little bit ago. And you mentioned Malik Willis, and and it's funny because you, I actually have Malik Willis. For some reason, something happens whether it's during pro day or during combine. He slides just a little bit. That's why I had the Commanders taking Kenny Pickett. And lo and behold, guess where Malik Willis ends up in Pittsburgh, which I absolutely don't enjoy. But you know what? My guy Najee gets to have an absolute blast with Malik Willis in that backfield. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to the AFC North. That's not good luck. <laughs> and you know they're going to draft a receiver in like the fifth round is going to turn into a pro bowler as well too because that is the Steeler way is finding receivers no one's heard of and turns them into superstars as well too so they they have a, the future triplets by the looks of what you have going there as well too so yeah, moving on maybe. to pick, pick number 21 the new england patriots back picking back in the 20s yet again and this pick was interesting because there's word they're going to let jc jackson go on the go go and leave too so if that's the case you got to try and replace some of that production i look at roger mccreary the corner out of auburn I think he's going to climb up a lot of draft boards. He's already high on mine, particularly. I think he is the type of corner New England loves to have. Guy who can play straight man-to-man. Go chase that guy. And I think Bill Belichick is going to love that, and they're going to take him here. And the idea is to build around Mac Jones a little bit more, but I think they're going to do that in free agency yet again. I think Bill likes the draft defense and then just kind of sign offense and plug and play. So look for them to draft another corner because Bill loves to have seven deep at corner. Yeah, I I don't hate this at all. I'm also going corner, but I'm going with – the other corner that right is ranked right with Roger McCreary. I love Roger McCreary. Let's be completely honest. But I'm going with a different Tiger corner. Uh, that's Clemson's corner, Andrew Booth Jr. Uh, look, a guy that can make the astronomical interception. I mean, you talk about some of his one-handed catches. is just insane. As a defensive back. Uh, you tell me you're going to put a freakish athlete like that on Bill Belichick's defense and he's not going to have fun? I'm sorry. He's had fun with previous corners like Jonathan Jones, who are freakish athletes. Put Andrew Booth in the same category. He's just going to kind of mix and match. And you mentioned Roger McCurry could just match up. Andrew Booth can do the same thing for Clemson. And probably the br- only bright spot that was on this Clemson team this year, really. 
really yeah and either way though if you're a if you're a bill belichick you still should keep jc jackson and get one of these guys honestly i mean because yeah, yeah, I mean, really. josh allen and what he is on doing and what he did to you in those last eight quarters uh get all the corner help you can and that doesn't involve letting go arguably a top three corner in the game as well too so keep jc jackson and do this as well if you're the patriots yeah. we're moving on to pick number 22 the las vegas raiders creeping their way into the playoffs against all odds as well too and you know what i have them kind of history repeating itself here i think they're gonna take the speedster receiver out of alabama Jamison Williams. I know he's coming off the ACL tear, but you look, his average touchdown reception was more than 45 yards this last season. On average, he had like 15, 16 touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken, as well, too. And he averaged 45 yards per touchdown. Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, outstanding chain movers, but reliable Pro Bowl caliber players. Get Jamison Williams out there to fill in that rugs role as just a burner, a guy that makes safeties hesitate before coming down and opens things up. I think when he gets healthy towards the back half of the season, he will prove his weight in gold. I know there's injury concern, but he's as explosive as it gets. Yeah, no, I, I like this pick. And as you mentioned, you, he fills in perfectly next to Waller and, and Hunter Renfro. Uh, but I actually have him going defensive with this pick. And the guy you just had go off the board is where I have him right here, Roger McCreary. I have them taking a corner because you just lost corners. You just lost your f- former first-round pick, Damon Arnett. You're just losing another corner. And you saw, we all saw the game against the Chargers. They picked on one corner specifically the whole time, and it worked. Every every playoff game, they picked on one corner specifically, and it worked. And that's face on. And and you gotta you gotta find a way to, to replace them and or to fill in for that. And I think Roger McCurry is your guy. Wouldn't surprise me if he comes their number one corner, let alone number as a number two where he starts. But give this guy an opportunity in Las Vegas. I think you're gonna have an absolute star on your hands for a corner. For the Raiders, who, let's be honest, they've had a few few star corners in their day. Absolutely. And with that pass rush as well, too, you don't have to be perfect coverage for long. You just have to be for a little bit as well, too. Otherwise, Max Crosby and Swat will get after it. So moving on to pick number 23, some offseason turmoil for the for the Cardinals. But by all accounts, Kyler Murray looks to be staying. They're just going to have to open back up the Brinks truck for him as well, too. So <laughs> yeah. I think they're going to invest in that in a way of we're going to keep Kyler Murray as healthy as possible. We're going to bring in Kenyon Green the big offensive lineman out of Texas A&M as well, too, because you have all the weapons for him. You have a scheme built completely around him, but you got to keep him upright as well, too. Rodney Hudson that getting a little bit older at center. At this point, just start to build a wall in front of him as well, too. He's a little a smaller guy. He's had some injury concerns. So if you are going to keep him, I think you got to keep him as injury, as untouched as possible, especially with guys like Aaron Donald and Nick Bosa in that division. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't hate this pick. I, I have their needs as corner offensive line and, Defensive tackle. That's that's really the the, the Cardinals need, and uh, their defense, is, you know, obviously is is where I think is a little bit more poignant to fill in for now. Uh, offensive line, I think they can get later on and be fine. That's why I didn't go offensive line here, but I don't hate the Kenyon. If he slides this far, because I don't have him sliding that far in my draft, if he slides this far. Absolutely, take Kenyon Green, like one hundred percent, take him. But for me, I personally have them going de- defensive tackle, which seems silly you, to see two defensive tackles go in the first round. But Trayvon Walker, the defense, or sorry, well, defensive lineman, not defensive tackle, defensive lineman in general, Trayvon Walker, because he slides defensive tackle, defensive end. And Trayvon Walker out of Georgia is who I have going here. The guy is going to explode off people's boards once you see him run. And on top of that, his his speed rush is so dynamic. And you talk about this, this, this Cardinals team and you need to get a pass rush. That's one of their weaknesses is that getting actual pass rush in the second half of the season. The first half of the season, different story. Second half of the season, though, yeah. Second half of the season, they you might as well just like forget about it. Just chalk it up. You're getting dust thrown at you is the closest thing you got thrown at you if you're an offensive line. So 
Trayvon Walker is where I see the Cardinals going here. And I think he could be a, a valuable asset for this team going forward, but uh, he's kind of a boomer bust pick here. I think he, I think he's going to have the measurables, but experience and everything else wise, we'll have to, he'll have to be on the field and we'll have to see. One thing we've learned about Cardinals first round picks on defense the last few years is a, uh, they're rookie or they're useless and they don't play. And then the next year they come out out of nowhere. Isaiah Simmons. We didn't see Zayvon Collins at all hardly last year's, which means Zayvon Collins is going to be incredible next year. So We'll see it. Trayvon, Walk, Trayvon, Trayvon Walker, or we'll see in a couple of years, basically, if that happens. Yeah, exactly. With the way the Cardinals do it. But moving on to pick number 24, your Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, I want to think of so many flashy picks. There's talks about them getting rid of Amari Cooper. There's talks about Zeke and Dak being the guys as well, too. But when they've been at their best, it's when they let people down with some of these picks as well, too, on draft day. And then they end up paying off later. So I think they're going to take an offensive lineman. And I'm looking at Jarrett Patterson, the big interior offensive lineman as well, too. Out of the University of Notre Dame, I mean, they've had pretty good luck drafting offensive linemen out of Notre Dame. That surprised people when they took Zach Martin. Everyone questioned that one, and it worked out. So I think they're going to do the same thing here and try and rekindle a little bit of something with the Dak and Zeke magic because it kind of fell off last year a little bit as well, too. I know Dak had quote-unquote career numbers, but anytime you watch their games, it wasn't quite the same as well, too. Zeke is not the same. He's not the same Zeke. And if you do end up getting rid of Amari Cooper, you better be able to run the ball with him and Tony Pollard. So give me Jarrett Patterson to kind of re-fortify re that aging offensive line. So I, I'll be completely honest, and I forgot Jarrett Patterson was coming out this year, uh, <laughs> if I'm being completely fair. And it wouldn't change my answer as to who's going here, but it would have made me think a little bit harder. <laughs> harder. But as I mentioned, this guy earlier, you have him going off the board earlier, Trevor Penning out of you and I. I have him actually going to Dallas here, and I have him going to that right tackle position where they have had so much weakness right now. And it wouldn't surprise me, if I'm being completely honest, if they're grooming him to go with left tackle for Tyron Smith shortly after afterwards. Tyron Smith is getting older. He's getting more injured. He can barely play a full season. He can't even play a full season the last two seasons. So, really I mean, I don't know team. what you do there. Terrence still showed a lot of weakness last year. I don't know who else you want to throw out there. Lyle Collins doesn't play very well at tackle. He plays better at guard. So you look at this, and, and you need tackles. You need a center. You need a running back. Well, I'm just going to go get a tackle right now because that seems to be the best option because I still don't want to see Dak on the ground in pain again uh, going forward. So I think Trevor Penning here is the guy to go with. Uh, I just – I mean, if he's going to be – if he's if he slips this far, I'm salivating at this moment if I'm Dallas. 100%. Dak just had a shoulder cleanup surgery as well, too. So once again, you got to try and keep them healthy as well, so you can't let them get hit too often with these injuries start to pile on as well, too. So that's going to take us to pick number 25, the Buffalo Bills, 13 seconds away from possibly advancing even farther. And, well, we kind of thought on the same thing as this one. We did a lot of these games on Color Cast for the Bills, and we had a very similar theme. Find a way to run the ball with somebody besides Josh Allen, and I think we both agree that's what they're going to do with this pick. These should be Heisman Trophy finalists, but kind of got robbed, in my opinion. Kenneth Walker, the running back out of Michigan State, for me at least. We both have the same type of idea. You went in a different direction, but I went with Kenneth Walker because right now I think he sits a little bit higher on the draft board than the guy I have right behind him, which is who you have been taking. Yeah, look, first of all, let me just give you give you credit for the Kenneth Walker pick because I love Kenneth Walker. I think he's fantastic. I do think he lacks a little bit in the pass game, and I do just a smidge. But his his run game, is his vision is so explosive. Uh, I, I think that's a that's an aspect that is, is going to be okay in the NFL. I think his his passing game will come along. And for Buffalo, all you need to do is be able to catch screen passes, and you'll be fine. Um, but for me, I went Brees Hall because of the passing game. Like we've talked about what this guy can do. He he is a all time. He has a one of the best catches of last season. 
out of the backfield on his one with one of one-handed catches going for a touchdown. So the guy can catch the ball, he can run the ball, he can run over people, he can do it all. He was the unanimous number one running back at one point in time this season until Kenneth Walker decided, oh, by the way, I'm gonna go dominate Michigan and you guys can catch my trails. And that was that was the end of that. But Brees Hall, I mean, he has he has been fantastic throughout his career. He's been a guy that if I look at a whole career, he's been the top running back or a top conversation for a running back in his class since the day he stepped on on the field for Iowa State. So I think that's why I go Brees Hall here instead of Kenneth Walker. Plus, I think his passing reception ability plays a little bit better into what Josh Allen can do. And I know he can block. So that's that's not an issue either. I have a feeling, too, especially if he runs a pretty good 40, I think he's going to jump that spot as well. So I think the 40-yard dash between these two could be a real deciding factor yeah. as well, too, especially for a team like Buffalo as well, too. All about explosion as well, too. So we'll yeah, definitely definitely keeping an eye on that one. So it's going to take us to number to pick number 26, the Nash Vegas Titans. I have them looking at this team, and somehow we're the number one seed in the AFC despite having start 76 different players start from an incredible coaching job by Mike Vrabel, falling a little short in the playoffs. I have them looking to replace uh, – future Hall of Famer and Julio Jones, a guy with a very similar mold to their other receiver in A.J. Brown. I'm looking at Traylon Burks, the freakish receiver out of Arkansas, 6'3", 240 pounds, expected to run a 4'3", 40, climbing up a lot of boards. Some people think he can go in the top 10, top 13-ish area as well, too. I think he's going to slip a little bit, and I think he's going to be a fantastic freakish compliment when you put him alongside Julio, A.J. Brown, and not Traylon Burks, as intimidating looking as a receiving course you'll get. Oh, plus Derrick Henry in the backfield, too. Yeah, uh, just the guy that jersey's right behind me. By by the way, uh, no, yeah, that's look. I'd be a scary, scary team. I do think Traylon Burks, while he will go high in the, in this draft, I do think he's going to be. I'll, I'll I'll make the comparison to Debo Samuel, but not in the way people are thinking. I think he's going to have that ex- that same sort of exponential learning curve that Debo Samuel had, where it's first season, second season, not great, third season. Oh boy, he's that dude. I think I think Traylon Burks can be that guy where it takes him a couple seasons, but then he can be that guy. So I don't hate this pick at all. I think I think Tennessee's in that position to take that there, but I do think they have bigger needs that need to be filled now. And I do think one of those positions is corner. And as you can tell, I'm very corner heavy in my first round. And this one is Kyer Elam out of Florida. Uh, I do think he fits well with what Vrabel likes to do defensively with his corners: press and let them run and sprint with people. Kyrie Elam can do that opposite Farley. I think these two corners can play well with each other. And you look at what they already have in Kevin Byard, who literally just put the ball near Kevin Byard. It will come down in those red gloves. I promise you it will come down in those red gloves. Carson so, Wentz can attest to that. Yeah. Like Kyrie Elam, I think right next to with, with Kevin Farley on the opposite side, I think these two can wreak havoc. Um, and, you know, I, for some reason there's a second-year corner that's names escaping me for Tennessee, but he's fantastic as well. I think you pair those these guys together and you have a have a secondary that's that's worth watching for a while. Exactly. And Caleb Farley in the first round last year got injured. Now you bring Kyrie Elam as well to a young young emerging group of, of corners they have going on there as well, too. So moving on to number 27, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no longer the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have them going corner as well, too. Their pass defense is really lacked. If they can't get a sack, they can't seem to cover anybody. So I think they're going to go with Andrew Booth, the corner out of Clemson as well, too. You already got two Tigers in there from Auburn with Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis. Bring in a third one, Andrew Booth. See if you can hold up on the back end a little bit more because it feels like if they don't get that initial pass rush from Shaq Barrett, Vita Van squad, they seem to get toasted over the top Cooper Cup in that playoff game. Absolutely asinine how he gets loose like that. So look for them to bolster the secondary by any means possible. 
Now, to be to be fair to the corner group in in Tampa, it wasn't them that gave up that play to Cooper Cup. It was Antoine Winfield. Let's let's start and finish there. Oh, well, he's part uh, of the secondary group. I'm saying they're oh, absolutely no, 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 one percent. But I was I, I got to put the blame where the blame is, is due on that one. And Antoine Winfield and his deuce chucking up self uh, deserves the blame for that one. But I don't hate the pick at all. I do love Andrew Booth, as you saw with me me picking him go off the board earlier. I do think he fits well with this this team, and he would serve as that. I tr- truly think a number two corner. Uh, Carlton Davis be your number one. Andrew Booth be your number two, and then uh, or then Jamel Dean be their kind of nickel corner where he's been pretty much all all his career. I think that works well for him. But as you mentioned, they're no longer the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I actually have them sneaking in with another quarterback draft in this first round. It's a shallow quarterback class, according to a lot of people who haven't watched a lot of football. There's some guys that can play football and they can play quarterback in this this draft. And one of those guys, we heard a lot of his name in, in up in this season. He led his team to an unprecedented performance in the playoff. Desmond Ritter goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He fits everything the Buccaneers need from a quarterback. He can throw it up over the top, over the top but at the same time, he can pick and pick you apart underneath if he has the receivers to do so. He has those receivers in Tampa Bay. There's no doubt about that. He has the tight ends in Tampa Bay. He has the offensive line in Tampa Bay. If they can bring back one of these running backs, he has the running backs in Tampa Bay. This dude can can continue to ride the wave that he's created for himself into a first-round pick, into a very cushy position in Tampa Bay. I do believe. Kyle Trask is meanwhile sitting like, what, what do I got to do as well, too? I thought I thought I was, I thought this was going to be my chance. And then all the <laughs> often talk about them trading as well, too. And Desmond Ritter, okay, I don't hate that. And you mentioned what a great place to start your NFL career as a quarterback, going there with Mike Evans. Probably not Chris Godwin, unfortunately. He might be gone, but all those tight ends, Bruce Arians leading the way along with Byron Leftwich. That's a cushy situation for Desmond Ritter. Yeah. By the way, it just continues Kyle Trask's career arc of being a perennial backup. Let's not forget the guy never started a game in high school before starting for Felipe Franks when Felipe Franks went down with injury and then doing what he did his last season in, in Florida. But it just continues Kyle Trask's arc, if you will. Just continues as well. So that's going to take us to pick number 28, the Green Bay Packers, where we're going to talk about a lot of them a lot this offseason for one reason or another. Whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, I think this is finally the year they break the mold and they take a receiver in the first round. Whether it's because Aaron Rodgers is still here and you saw last year you need somebody to throw to besides Devontae Adams, or it's Jordan Love and they just want to prove that they were right for no other reason. They want to say they made the right decision to take him. They will give him every chance to succeed. Give me the young, somewhat short, star out of Penn State, Jahan Dotson. He is absolutely sensational. I think, honestly, the only reason he's going to fall this far is he's a much smaller body guy, and he didn't play at Ohio State, Alabama, necessarily anything like that. And he's going to run pretty well, but not electric. But he's electric when he's on the field with Pat. So I like John Dotson. I think he's going to go stay in a cold-weather spot, and whether it's Jordan, Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers, I think he's going to be a dynamic number two receiver, or maybe number one if Devontae walks as well. Yeah, you know, I love that pick for receiver. I love Jahan Dotson as well. Obviously, we saw what he could do when they faced off against Auburn, and he absolutely lit them up. When he wasn't matched up with Roger McCurry, who we talked about earlier going off the board, he lit them up. The problem was when Roger McCurry got in his chest, he had some issues. So with that in mind, I actually went with the receiver as well, but I went with the opposite spectrum of, of size. I went Drake London out of USC. As you mentioned earlier... The big body guy. I have him slipping down here to Green Bay. And I think if Aaron Rodgers stays, this is the perfect reason to keep him there. 
You have Drake London to throw the ball to. You have Devontae to throw the ball. I'm, I mean, if, if Aaron Rodgers stays, Devontae stays. There's no question in my mind. And then you had Drake London to throw the ball to. You still have Marquez Valdez-Scantling in there. Uh, you, I mean, yeah, you'll be okay. And Drake London will make Aaron Rodgers stay, so Green Bay fans would be happy. Okay, yeah, I think either way we're in the same mold. They finally break the trend and take a playmaker in the first round as well, too. So very interesting which spe- side of the spectrum they go on. Now to pick number 29, the Miami Dolphins as well, too. Not their pick, different pick they traded for here, picking at the back end of the draft. I look at them, it's a new coach, new system. I think they're going to do everything they can to try and see if they can make Tua work as well, too. I think Mike McDaniel, the offensive mind, he's going to try what he can. So I got them going offensive line, and I'm looking at Darian Kennard, the big offensive lineman as well, too, out of Kentucky. Was pretty high on a lot of boards, has slipped a little bit, but I think if, if two is going to work, you got to put, put a line in front of him and see what you can do. Jalen Waddle, incredible young receiver. I think he's going to have a fantastic career ahead of him. We got to give two a time to throw the ball as well, too. So I look at them going big on the offensive line with Darian Kennard. I love Darian Kennard. He, he's a guy that's personally, he slipped on my board, and that's just uh, I, there's something he does when he goes to pass protect out the, on the outside. He, he stands up a little too tall, a little too straight up. You talk about running back standing up too, hall, too tall. Darian Kennard's already a big dude. The more he stands up straight, the more likely he is to get hit right in the chest by a defensive lineman and get flipped over. You didn't see it much because he's so strong, but in the NFL, it's different, a different breed of players. But while you said what you said about Tua is exactly where I went here as well with the Dolphins. They want to make Tua work, and what better way to, to pair him with another receiver? And this one also from Bama. Uh, this one is one you had to go off the board as well. Jameson Williams. Everything you said about him is absolutely true. And the guy he didn't play with, though, is Bama. But a guy that he could fit well with, that can run everything that I wanted Devontae to be in this spot for him last year. I think Jameson Williams can come in this year and be that guy along with Jalen Waddle. And if they have Devontae Parker, still Devontae Parker. And Will Fuller, if they have him as well, too. It's about as explosive a receiving core as you could possibly imagine if they manage to yeah. keep all those players as well, too. So definitely get a lot of tools to succeed there. So we're rounding out our draft coverage as well, too. We're now at pick number 30 for this mock draft. The Kansas City Chiefs who probably wish they were picking at 32 right now. They were really, really close to it until they unraveled a bit. But I look at this team, and there's talks about Frank Clark being let go in the offseason, save some cap, and I think they're going to go on the defensive line here. I'm looking at big DeMarvin Neal, the defensive lineman out of Texas A&M as well, too. I think him and Chris Jones offer a lot of flexibility from edge to tackle, the ability to slide up and down the line. So I think they look to add another pass rusher there to kind of mitigate some of the holes in that secondary we saw as well, too. So I think getting after the quarterback is how they're going to Cover those up, and Devar- Marvin Neal, a guy that really could go in the top fifteen really, really easily. He just kind of slipped down a bit for me. Yeah, I, I loved Marvin Neal, and uh, you know, you mentioned a lot of things that I agree with. With Frank Clark leaving, obviously, you need to fill in. I, I actually just went with a specific edge, though. I didn't actually go with a guy that can be a versatility guy. I do like your versatility pick with Leal right there, uh, but personally, I went with an edge rusher and a guy that's going to probably climb up a lot of boards in my eyes. Uh, Kingsley Inigbare, the edge out of South Carolina. He is he exploded on the scene the last two seasons, and he's continued his athleticism is just second to none. And you're cutting Frank Clark, who in his day is a freakishly athletic edge rusher. Uh, you replace him with Inigbare, who is a freakishly athletic pass rusher, and who can still stick his nose in and stop the ball. He actually does have technique in the downs as a down lineman, so would not surprise me whatsoever if they go with him here. Uh, and so as you can actually see in the picture, he is set in a down set. So. Uh, you know, he does have his, his fingers in the dirt is not a not a, a new thing for him. So I do think that's a possibility for the Chiefs who need defensive line and just defensive help in general. Let's be honest. 
I mean, you you have to play Justin Herbert twice a year now, Derek Carr twice a year, and whatever Denver does a quarterback twice a year with all the with all the talent they have around the quarterback spot, you got to find a way to go hit them as well. Too. So we're on the same page. Go find a way to hit other teams' quarterbacks, and <laughs> yeah. hope Legarius Neal and the rest can just hold up long enough as well, too. So now we're looking at the Super Bowl runner ups, the Cincinnati Bengals, and we kind of talked about there is one position group you need to be drafting if you're the Bengals. There's really very few. There's very 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 few other exceptions to this, and. I'm going to stick with it. I think they're going to stick with the offensive line. I think they're going to try and build around Joe Burrow. And I think they're going to even stay in state with Nicholas Petit Friere, the offensive lineman out of Ohio State, to a big, big mauling type offensive lineman. Just honestly, he's the best offensive lineman out on the board right now because I think there's a bit of a run in them. I think he'd be a very solid starter as well. Honestly, you don't need a whole lot more to upgrade from what you had last year down the stretch. I think you just need a little bit more. You just got to somewhat offer some resistance. And I think he will offer resistance tenfold at the offensive line spot. Yeah, I, I, first of all, I'm glad you said his name and not me. I would have 100% bitch. That is far too French for myself. Um, I, I didn't do well when I was down in Louisiana with their French accents as well. So uh, let's let's not have me pronounce that name. But I do love the pick. I do stick with offensive linemen myself, though. However, I'm focusing on that position that got blown up every single playoff game in right tackle. <laughs> and I'm going with a guy. He's a, He's a bit raw. He's a bit raw. He originally started his playing career as a tight end, moved to a tackle position. But Bernard Ryman, the young kid, he's actually from Vienna, Austria. But you know what? Central Michigan, offensive lineman, he's going to be a tackle. He's he's a little raw, like I said, but he has the athleticism, and he can absolutely bang with the best of them. And a guy who knows how to use his hands first. And if you're, not, if you're a tackle and you can use your hands and you can hand fight with some of the best of them, Please, yes. And by the way, he does have military training. Fun fact for you. He has already served his term in the Austri- Austrian military. So he did. And the, the Austrian military does teach you how to knife fight Aaron Donald. Hmm. And so he does know how to use his hands in in this situation. So uh, just a little fun tidbit there about Bernard Ryman. Absolutely. And he, honestly, just draft all the offensive linemen. You can eventually throw everything you can at the wall. Something has to stick. You got to keep Joe Burrow around and standing as well, too. You can't have that. Let's get him sacked and hit as many times as he did last year. So this can take us to pick number 32, but not the Super Bowl champions pick. This is the Lions picking in the Ram spot as well, too, because of the Matthew Stafford trade. Let's be fair. The Super Bowl at heart, because every one of these guys was cheering for Matthew Stafford. So they feel like they kind of won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't think a trophy comes with that, so we're not including that around here. I mean, you get you can get a fist bump and a high five maybe as well, too. But we have the Detroit Lions rounding out the first round here at pick number 32. And I think they make a little bit of a surprise pick here. I think with the final pick in the first round, in a similar vein to what the Ravens did a couple years ago, I think they take a quarterback. And I'm looking at Sam Howell, the quarterback, out of North Carolina. I think Dan Campbell does like Jared Goff, but he's definitely not afraid to look to upgrade. Sam Howell was, if I'm not mistaken, he's the top-rated quarterback coming into this year as well, too. A lot of people had him high on the board. Not a great year, but I think there is a lot of talent still there. I think a lot of teams still are keeping an eye on him. And I think if he slips as far the lines, we'll take the flyer and be like, you know what? We'll get that fifth-year option if he does work out as well, too. So why not at this point? It's not like you're... Jared Goff's nice, but I don't think you're. Lo- I don't think they're in love with him. I don't think they're locked in to him long term. I think he's just an answer in the meantime. So why not see if you can get a guy for the future? And he already knows how to rock the blues. So I think they yeah. look to bring in to Sam Howell as a quarterback just just to see what they can just to kick the tires on him a bit. It's only a few shade difference between the uh, the Tar Heel blue and the Honolulu blue of Detroit. And by the way, still how they got Honolulu blue in Detroit, I'm I'm never gonna figure out at this point in time. Maybe they're just dreaming when they came up with a blue color. Living I'm vicariously through the third, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but no, I do I do like that pick of Sam Howell. It's ironic that they they trade away Matt Stafford and then you have them actually drafting Sam Howell, who has a lot of Matt Stafford 
collegiately in him where he just kind of he's a gunslinger and he, he he tries to make plays sometimes a little too much and that's what sam howell tried to do this last season and that's why he didn't have a great year uh but for me i'm actually going here on the opposite side of the ball i'm going to the edge rusher and a guy who's going to sneak in sneak in here and in my opinion he might turn out to be one of the steals of the draft uh, a guy that we got to watch when we did the auburn penn state game very closely he can combine as a linebacker he can combine as an edge rusher he can combine as a down lineman and when you're looking at their depth chart, he was listed, literally listed as a starter in one position and a backup in all the rest of them in the front seven. Uh, and that's Arnold Ibikite for Penn State. Absolutely freakish athleticism across the board. And I do think this guy, he has an opportunity. He he showed out at the Senior Bowl. Everybody loved him there. They they just raved about his abilities. Um, it's going to be come down to his strength test, and it's going to come down to his pro day, how well he runs that those shuttles as well. Because – Look, those hips don't lie. If they're slow, you're not going to do well. Um, and, and it's going to be a case where he's going to have to prove himself in this pro day. But I think if he's able to, on the field, he can more than, than back it up. Absolutely. And that is going to do it for our 32-round first-round mock draft before the combat as well, too. If you think ours are good, bad, terrible, or just want to complain about them, go and reach out. To send, send a message on social media or comment on this as well, too. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We will see you guys next week. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Todd is in love. Sarah, I've never felt this way before. But he's about to find out that sometimes when you chase after love... I'm moving to Paris. You've got to step on the gas. Because this isn't your classic holiday rom-com. It's a Nissan event ad. Wait, what? Featuring a powerful performance by Nissan Rogue. Oh, come on, come on. Todd? I'm coming with you. Get 2.59% APR financing for 36 months on Rogue. Get your heart racing at Nissan's Thrill of the Drive event. Availability is limited. Shop at your local Nissan store or at NissanUSA.com. Don't let true love or these offers slip away. For well-qualified buyers, 2.59% APR financing for 36 months on new 2023 Nissan Rogue and dealer stock. Example zero down payment, 36 months financing at $28.90 per month per thousand financed. Actual down payment may vary, subject to residency restrictions and NMAC credit approval. Not all buyers qualify. Dealer contribution may affect price set by dealer. Dealer sets actual price. Contact dealer for details. Ends 1-3-23.